morning, crypto. Good morning, warriors. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of your favorite crypto news channel, Good Morning Crypto, where we bring you the most relevant and impactful crypto-related topics from the top crypto research team in the world. I'm your host, Abs, joined by several of my friends this morning. We've got Mr. Johnny Crypto joining us on this beautiful Thursday morning. Mario, the node defender, is going to drop some gems for us later in the episode and joining our Good Morning Crypto family for the second time. He flows like water and decodes like Neo. Give it up for Waters Above Crypto, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the podcast. We're super excited to have you. So we'll circle back to the introductions, but today on Good Morning Crypto, we will be discussing Robert Kinasaki warns against the collapse of the U.S. dollar and tells people to buy these three cryptocurrencies. The second largest hack in crypto history happened yesterday, and we tell our viewers how to prepare as the cyber attack narrative continues. Biden lays out a new tax structure for unrealized capital gains, affecting everyone from the billionaires to the Robin Hood traders. And of course, we've got some Ripple content. Ripple continues to make strides against the SEC as we bring you the latest updates. And we have a Gary Gensler clip admitting XRP operates as a currency. Our show is now live on you. Our show is now available on your favorite podcast platforms like Spotify and Apple Music. And for those of you listening via podcast, our show is live on YouTube. Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern at the 3T Warrior Academy channel. So we will go into some Waters Above crypto content. But before we do that, we're going to cover the market just a little bit, and then we'll deep dive. So this is our Good Morning Crypto channel where you get access to all of us, from Johnny to Jackie to JV, the whole group and everyone in between. So if you guys want more of our content, please go follow us and interact with us live on Twitter. We've got the Fear and Greed Index showing up 55 this morning. We are barely in the greed range, but it's, it is exciting and it's worth making a note of. We have climbed out of extreme fear, and we always talk about these levels being possible accumulation. And when we get up into this greed range, these are possible execution of our exit strategy. So this morning, we've got $2.1 trillion in global market cap. Bitcoin sitting at 42% dominance. Bitcoin just above $47,000 at $47,096. Ethereum at $3,370, XRP sitting just below $0.86. Cents. Cardano is sitting at $1.18. We've got, uh, sorry, I'm just trying to find Stellar. Stellar sitting down here at $0.23. Cents. And of course, we'll cover Kronos sitting at $0.47 cents this morning. So very exciting stuff happening in the market. It's been super bullish these past few weeks. But before we hop into that, I want to say welcome to the podcast, Waters Above. We're super excited to have you. The floor is open. How are you this morning? I'm doing amazing. Thank you so much for having me on again. I really appreciate all you guys. We're very excited to have you. And I know Johnny and Mario both have some questions. So before we hop into our articles and content for the day, I'd love to give the guys a chance to just say hello and ask what's on their mind. Well, thank you, Abs. First off, good morning, everybody. How are you today? My name is Johnny Crypto with K, and I'm wishing you all a great day. And today we've got Waters Above, so it's super exciting. And uh, before I jump into my question, though, I want to Give Mario a chance to say hello. <laughs> Thanks, Johnny. I appreciate it. You look like you're in the Matrix. That's really cool. But uh, <laughs> good morning, everybody. Really excited to be here. It's awesome to have Waters Above on the show again. Um, I love his insight. So it's going to be great to go over some of these topics that we got lined up and just kind of get his input on how he sees this playing out in the Matrix. And we're heading Thanks. into April now. And I know Waters, you do a ton of content following dates and, and particular times in the market. And we're actually coming up to exactly 12 months away from where we were in last April at the peak of our altcoin season that we didn't even realize at the time. So 
I remember last time you came on the podcast, you said that 12 months out of our alt season in 2018, we reached the bottom of our bear market. And it looks like we had a similar event take place in February with all these new narratives coming about. So what are some things you're looking for in the market? And are you expecting some bullish momentum in April or what are you anticipating? Yeah, exactly. So when we measure about how long it takes from what's called a blow off top to a very like oversold, what most people would like to call the bottom of a bear market, um, it takes about 12 months in the crypto market. So if we go back to Bitcoin in 2017, it topped out in December 17th of 2017. And then it took till about, you know, mid-December of 2018 in order for the price to full fill its move. So you know, that was pretty dramatic, but this is crypto and we're kind of used to that now. And with that being said, if we go back to some of the altcoins that I particularly really like, like Theta, as a good example, we'll see that we take about a year away from right now. And that was the top. So there's a lot of coins. If you're measuring what we were considering an alt season back in April, May of 2020, 2021, excuse me. Yeah, but it's about one full year away. And one thing to say as well is a big piece of my work is talking about the Shemitah, the seven-year sabbatical cycle. And this uh, time frame is so important because we could see that every seven years we have big boom and bust cycles. So seven years before this was around the 2015-2016 time frame. We had the Chinese markets absolutely, you know, get crushed. It created some logistic issues considering China is one of the biggest logistical powerhouses in the world. And then seven years before that, we had the housing market crisis. And then seven years before that, we had the dot-com bubble. So the reason why I'm prefacing with this is because if we go back to those three timeframes, we saw in all of those cycles, when the market peaked and then had a drop, it dropped into March, which we just saw recently. And then it rose into about the end of May. And if anyone out there knows about Zodiac, you'll know about uh, Taurus and Taurus is the bull. And Taurus kind of comes to its fulfillment in tropical Zodiac around the 20th of May. So if we look at the 20, uh, 2001, 2007 and 2015 markets, they rose up into about that same time frame in late May. And then we have that popular saying, sell, sell in May, walk away. Right. Yep. So this is really interesting how this whole setup is going, because so far we've made it through March. And if you know anyone who's watched my content or is new newer to my content, you probably heard me say quite a bit that March during a Shemitah year is actually bullish. And people were confused about that because in early March, it looked horrible. But what I was trying to tell people is this market will rebound very fast. And when you couple a geopolitical narrative with price action, it's typically to instill fear in the market participants. And when you're fearful, well, just like you started this out uh, talking about the fear and greed index, that's typically a good accumulation zone. Yep. So anyone who was taking advantage of that really extremely fearful time frame in March, just like you could have back in 2020 when we had the start of the uh, pandemic and during that big crash, um, I mean, it was undeniably one of the greatest times to be an investor. It might not have felt great when you were living through the crash, but if you accumulated that crash, you saw what it led to. It led to the most dramatic spike in the market that we've seen historically. The Federal Reserve injected a bunch of liquidity into the market. Again, this is all kind of just tactics. So with the news, they give you fear. But in reality, what's going on with the charts, it's just going parabolic. So to answer your question, I mean, I would I would suspect based off of prior cycles and the cyclical nature of markets that we'll probably see April 
as an overall pretty awesome uh, month for for the crypto market. Yes. Go ahead, Johnny. Wardis, is there any particular dates in April that stand stand out to you? I've heard some numbers, the 12th, the 22nd. I was curious if there's any dates that when you've done your deco that you look at and say something significant might happen or if there's anything prominent in the month of April. Yeah, absolutely. So, well, the big one is the eclipse that'll be on the 30th of April. We know that around eclipses, we have dramatic swings in the market. For instance, December 4th that just passed, that was the prior eclipse that we had. Uh, That was a huge liquidation event. And um, that was during a Saturday. So that means that it was after hours. The stock market wasn't participating. Forex wasn't participating. It was just an isolated crypto liquidation event. And that was on the eclipse, coincidentally. And then the March, or sorry, remember May 19th, that big uh, washout? Well, that was right around an eclipse as well. So when we saw last year, what ended the alt season was actually an eclipse. So we know now that these eclipses play a big role in the market. And anyone who denies this, well, you just have to go back and look at the charts. If you go back to 1987 and you see the way that Shemitah went and we had the, you know, was it the Black Monday event? Yep. That was on that was right around an eclipse as well. So this is me kind of like being a little bit more astrologically focused. We know astrology plays a big role in this market through the words of JP Morgan. Oh, yeah. And my work specifically, I've been doing this right now about a year and um, proving that the moon cycle plays a huge role in this. And of course, the eclipse plays a huge role in this. So if I just had to be simple and give you one specific date, I would say we need to look to, towards that eclipse. But then I recently just released a decode on my Patreon talking about a significant date in later in, in um, the month of April, probably around the 21st of April. So that has a lot of connections and it would take me a while to explain it all. But on my Patreon, I broke that down very, you know, in lots of depth explaining all the connections that I made. One other quick one would be um, we have a new moon that starts out the month of April. So that's in two days. So when we look at lunar cycles, we typically have about four to five days before or after a new moon is typically a bullish time. So mm-hmm. this kind of tells me that moving into the first week of April could continue bullish. And then, you know, we just ha- kind of have to take it from there because when Bitcoin starts to gain some strength and then it chills, all it takes is one day of it chilling out like at, you know, 0.1% up and that could put a bunch of liquidity into an isolated altcoin and then you'll see that altcoin go up by 50%. So we're kind of seeing this happen right now the the remnants of what an alt season starts off as where we just had, you know, 90% losses over the past year and a lot of key cryptos and then once bitcoin starts to show some strength it's like boom, you see a coin go up 50% in a day. Yeah. What is my Oh, go ahead, Johnny. Sorry. And you know, Waters, it's funny you mentioned something, JP Morgan. And, and that for those folks who don't know what he said, what he said was millionaires don't use astrology. Billionaires do. And what's funny is that's what led <laughs> Mike drop. <laughs> that's what that's what actually led me to find Waters. When I got into this, you know, I was always getting my ass kicked in the market every time because I was doing exactly the opposite of you know, well, I was doing what, what everybody does, the sheep do, right? Sell the fear and buy the greed and then get wrecked. So I said, I got to figure out another way. And I started looking into astrology. And that's how I found you is I was trying to find somebody that mixes astrology and numerology with the market. How can you use it? Because I knew the elites were doing it. I just didn't know how they were doing it. And that's what's so awesome about you and your program to be able to tie these things in together. So obviously, if April 30 is the clips, 
Eclipse, and I guess I'm selling on the 28th. <laughs> Thanks, brother. Yeah, well, I mean, part of my decode that I shared last was to set us up for a potential top date, but not like just for every single cryptocurrency. It was specifically for Bitcoin. And when Bitcoin tops out, remember, right, what, what, what it looks like to see an alt season occur is Bitcoin tops out and we see that coupled with a higher than normal Bitcoin dominance. And then when it has when it rolls over, it'll roll over and that liquidity will flood into the altcoin market. And we just have to kind of look at this a little bit analytically as well. Like if we start to see particular coins go up 100, 200 percent between now and then, like you need to manage your greed, like take action if you see those gains. I remember very vividly going back to September of 2021. Um, my work wasn't as popular then, but then it started to really grow because I exposed Shemitah about, you know, six months before it happened. And then on the day of Shemitah, we had a huge pullback. But just like you said, Johnny, like now that we know about the eclipse happening on the 30th of April, I was selling like the week before Shemitah. So I was just like, I was playing, I, I did all this hard work. I developed my own investment thesis and I acted upon it. And it ended up being a, a brilliant move and it was able to get a lot of people like, you know, financially secure. So with that being said, you know, again, not taking this stuff seriously because you're so emotional could be your demise in a market. It's always the emotions. And anyone who follows my work, you know, I always say, keep the emotions out of the market and save it for real life. <laughs> yeah. They always say, don't get emotionally attached to any of your holdings. And that I think that's the reason why, right? So you can let it go when the time is right. Yes. And so Waters, I just had a question. So as we look at the markets in a macro and micro standpoint, it's always a buy the fear, sell the greed standpoint. And I think people really struggle with selling the greed as opposed to buying the fear. But as we look at these smaller timeframes, like just February, for example, when the war narrative rolled out, we showed a chart from the bearable bull and it might've even been on the episode you were on. But what it showed is that every single time we have a short-term dip from a news narrative, it doesn't last very long. And so I'd like to kick it to Mario to get some comments on what's taking place in the market right now. Yeah, that's a very interesting take, Abs. And, and, and the one thing that I was thinking about is how we kind of saw the previous bull runs that took place um, kind of be very similar as far as the duration, like how they played out the time frame. And, and we're seeing this bull run. It, you know, people say that history doesn't repeat itself, but it often rhymes. But I feel like this bull run is turning out to be, or this cycle, I should say, is it's looking like it's different because you know we had the period, the extended period of time last year where we saw this movement from from crypto to the upside, and then we had sort of like a, a little mini bear market the last couple of months, and now we're starting to see price appreciation. So all I just wanted to get um, Waters Waters' take on the cycle as it stands now. Uh, why does he feel? Why do you feel like it's? Why do you feel like it's playing out different than before? Well, so when we say it's different, I believe we're talking about the crypto cycle that happened before this, and we're not looking at it holistically as opposed to like what's going on in the entire market as a whole, right? So one thing I can say is Shemitah was happening during 2014, 2015. And to be completely honest, the only thing that was really publicly traded around that time anyways was pretty much Bitcoin when we're talking about cryptocurrency, right? 
but we have the 2017 cycle was only you know 2017 2018 alt season that was about four years ago so we have a discrepancy here between the macro like the real big picture of what's going on in the stock market which by the way anyone who has trading view you can see the s p 500 data going back over 110 years so i urge people you want to study those cycles because bitcoin was introduced into this overall big picture and it's just speeding up the process regarding the the cycle within the cycle but this is the same thing that the tech stocks went through back in the dot-com bubble so if we look at everything actually based on the larger cycles which has to deal with the stock market this is where you start to see and understand what's going on with this crypto market so the fact that we had the market hit a high near the end of this recent year 2021 and then we saw it pull back all the way into march and then now we're seeing relief where it's actually breaking structure and showing us a, a bullish trend reversal this is exactly what the s p 500 does every seven years so it's not a different cycle. It's just because what we're comparing these cryptos to is the prior crypto cycle. Well, now Bitcoin is maturing because it's like, what, 13 years it's been publicly traded. So this yeah. is where we're talking about a very nascent asset class with a very little bit of chart history. So mm -hmm. when you're a real technical analyst, you actually have to study the analysis of markets and the best opportunity you have is with something like a Dow Jones or an S&P because you have a century worth of data to work with. You know, the same thing goes with gold. If you want to learn how gold used to behave in the past, you'll see why Bitcoin and cryptos are behaving the way that those assets used to uh, interact back in the day because rich people just needed somewhere to put their money. And they put their they put their money in what's most exciting at the time as venture capital. And the when the central banks and the Fed, when they start printing it, an excessive amount of money, it has to go somewhere. Right. So right, yeah. so where does it go? Right. It goes to wherever it needs to. And then it kind of just trade. It, it tracks its way down where you'll see liquidity flush into one sector and then it'll go into another sector and then it'll go into another sector. But when we actually zoom out, like I could I could say this now with a lot more certainty when we're looking at these seven year cycles and how they behave, they're always coupled with geopolitical news. For instance, when the dot com bubble happened, we also had 9-11, which was a war narrative and literally went mm -hmm. to war. Yeah. And when we had the 2007, 2008 uh, issue, it was global because of uh, the U.S. dollar currency essentially being a scam. So and all the instruments tied to it, like mortgages and the rating system behind housing. And, you know, it was just all funny money. And they started pointing fingers at everyone but the banks. And at the end of the day, they eventually had to, like, look themselves in the face and say, like, OK, this was a huge scam. But when we when we really analyze what's going on right now, and this is why people need to pay attention, we have multiple problems going on all synergistically. We have a war narrative. We have a bubble of a stock market, a bubble of a, of a bond. Like, I mean, we also have a bubble in the housing market. So we're yep. seeing we're seeing this massive hyperinflationary, uh, you know, system kind of the can can't be kicked down the road for so long. So I believe that they use these seven year cycles to just pull the plug and reset the whole game and then put the liquidity back to where it needs to go to balance it. It's all about it's all a balancing act because the entire system as a whole is a fraud. You know, once you start studying the Federal Reserve and all the things attached to it, you learn that it's a big scam in and of itself. Taxes are a scam. It's all a scam. 
So in order to make the scam seem legitimate, they need to have some rhyme and reason to it. And they they do these seven year cycles purposefully. And where do they point their finger? They want it now. They want to point it at Russia. You know, in seven years, they'll point it at robots like whatever the hell they need to do. And, you know, you touch on something that's so important. At the end of the day, these guys are playing on a different they're on a different playing field than we are. Right. They're using astrology to guide them. They do things when the energies are most optimal for them to be successful in growing up as a, as a, as a Catholic, you know, someone put this out here. This is interesting. You know, Jesus Christ, astrology is from the devil and, you know, growing up, growing, <laughs> growing up Catholic, like this is kind of what you're taught, right? You're pre you're brain, brainwashed. Like I remember whenever we touch in astrology and numerology, I was taught like, Oh, that's devil shit. You can't touch it. And what I learned growing up, you know, I'm just recently waking up. It's like, wait a minute. We're just being taught to look this way while everybody else is looking that way. They're using this shit to 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 run the world, to guide us, to do everything they do. But they don't want us following what they're doing. Right. Waters, they don't want us using their game plan because then we're going to know, you know, we'll be able to enrich ourselves and do exactly the same things they're doing. So it's like, let's make it look like it's evil. Let's make astrology look bad. Let's not teach it in school. And. People are going to think it's bad, and then nobody will know how to play the game like we play the game. So what do you say to people who who say astrology is from the devil? <laughs> well, okay. So what's so ironic about all of this is all the all of the things tied to Jesus Christ and his birth and the three days and resurrection and all of that having to do with Easter. This is all due to astrology. So Jesus, <laughs> this is literally an astro, it's an astrological phenomenon. If you go to December 25th, around those days are the three shortest days in the year. So they're the days with the least amount of sunlight. So it's when the Christ is dead and then he resurrects three days later. And that's when the sun changes trajectory. So it's astrological. The reason they place the December 25th and call it Christmas or Christ mass is because of this. So, I mean, if you really wanted to celebrate the birth of the Christ, you would go by the, what the Romans teach, which is in March. So, I mean, anyways, uh, this level of uh, reaction that we get with some of these individuals, they um, they mean well. So, like, I send them love, like, I wish them the best. But you got to remember, like, the devil and God are just duality. And duality consciousness is where we get trapped. So, like, if we want to experience true enlightenment, which that's the story of Jesus Christ. It's the story of enlightenment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Jesus has his 13 years and then he moves into being a hermit where he was studying the, the craft and then he started showing people the craft and they had a problem with him showing the craft. So they crucified him. Then he dies. He gets resurrected and he, sh he still shows forgiveness. So this whole story about what happens, it's a beautiful story. And I wish people would actually look at it for what it is instead of getting so caught up in the scripture. You know, it's called scripture for a reason, right? Because it's a script. And who reads a script? A Hollywood actor. <laughs> so it's all, it's all just it's all just part of the play. And like, you know, it's a lot of hate and a lot of fear people have within them. And that's why when they're when they're getting caught up in all these things like church and 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 looking at everything so black and white, you know, they forget to cease the beauty within those things because mm. there really is so much beauty. I mean, you know, to this one individual, uh, just to reply to them, I call my channel Waters Above Crypto because I read Genesis. Yep. 
Yeah. So yeah, the, in yeah. the in the Bible, there's a there's a book called the Book of Numbers. Yeah. Is that the so, devil's book? <laughs> <laughs> so you gotta you gotta think about it, right? Like I have this comment all the time where like people they subscribe to a particular religion and then they think that what I'm teaching is like anti, you know, their their belief system. And my whole my whole goal, my whole vision for this experience in reality is that you need to remember that all of these systems of religion were indoctrinative, you know, practices to make people believe in their governments more. Control. The more you control the mind, the more you control the consciousness, the easier it is to actually reprogram the subconscious of the average person. So when we look at it, like it's quite amazing how all of these things, they're so multi, you know, faceted and, and we could grow so much from them. But at the same time, anything that could provide you growth can also stunt your growth. Yeah. You know, what's interesting. And then we'll move on to the news. You know, people talk about it being the devil, but you know who else uses the astrology? Farmers. That's right, folks. The Almanac has been used for years. All about when is the proper time to plant seeds in the ground based on the alignment of the planet. So, you know, you could call it devil stuff or whatever, but <laughs> thank God for it because we're eating the food and surviving. Thank God for those farmers who knew when to plant their plant their seeds. I just have a quick comment. So when I think back to what we I went through in school, so just four years ago I was in school, right? So fairly relevant. And one of the biggest things that's allowed me to learn so much in such a short time frame is that I had to forget a lot of the shit that they taught me from 14 to 22 because – it was useless. And so a lot of that stuff that they're programming us to think is the way that reality operates is actually a structure to limit you. It doesn't allow you to become the best version of yourself because you have all these mental hurdles that you have to overcome. And a lot of the people around you are not going to be supportive of your ideas and the outlandish things that allowed us to become successful. I remember when I first got involved in crypto, I was highly criticized because I was doing stocks and I was actually pretty successful. And my family and a lot of my friends criticized me for getting into this shit coin fake market where I'm going to lose all my money. And I actually had a dispute with one of my mentors who we had a falling out because of cryptocurrency. And it's amazing because him falling out of my life allowed for coach JV, Johnny and Mario to come in. And at the time it was devastating for me, but it was another example of having to deprogram myself from what I thought success and freedom were to this new perspective I have on reality where I can create anything as long as I'm patient enough. And now having that understanding, I'm applying that to the crypto market and just allowing things to come to fruition organically. And this shows a great example of that. There wasn't much planning behind the scenes. It came up so organically. This group was putting in the work behind the scenes and we wanted to help people. And there wasn't this big push of selfishness or some campaign to get on YouTube. Coach JV addressed that and it happened all through hard work and patience. We never asked for it. So I'm applying a lot of those same concepts to what we're going through right now. So I'd like to get some closing comments from Waters before we hop into our first Kinosaki article. Well, I mean, it's beautiful that you mentioned all those things. Like, I mean, again, everything is there for contrast. So when you see something or hear something, you need to always go within and ask yourself, how does this resonate with you? You know, everything that's external, whether it's school or church or your parents' opinions or whatever it is that's going on, your peer group, you know, you always need to ask yourself, how do you feel about that information or that knowledge that's being shared with you? And if it aligns with you vibrationally, then you could allow it. But if it doesn't, then you need to ask yourself, like, is this is this for me? So you might have uh, had this moment in your life where you had a falling out with your mentor. But again, now you could look back on it and zoom out and you could say to yourself, well, that was the beautiful transition for me to have this new opportunity. So it's like one door closes and a 100 new doors open. 
you just have to be grateful for that whole process, right? So for me, it's like it's all about gratitude and 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 just yeah, it's all about love. Like remove that fear from your life, and you're gonna see that you're gonna enhance rapidly, and you're gonna be able to manifest a lot of abundance into your reality. That's what the whole like boot camp thing that me and JV are gonna be doing is all about. You know, yep. it's removing those obstacles, taking all the tools that we already have, and learning how to use them. Yeah, and I just want to add for those of you check out the chat. Um, that there's a link in there for for the for that boot camp that Waters and JV is putting together. So make sure you reserve your spot. <clears throat> yes, and if you guys are enjoying this content, make sure you go and smash that like button. And if you want access to anybody, including Coach JV, Mario, Johnny Crypto, Jackie, the whole crew, you can get access to all of them at the Three T Warrior Academy, which is linked down below, and also the Waters Above Crypto channel on YouTube. Please go and check that out. We've got so much content there to learn from. I know I've learned so much from your content, Water. So with that being said, we'll hop into our first article for today where Robert Kinasaki warns the U.S. dollar is about to implode. And what's really interesting is he's advising buying specific cryptocurrency projects like Bitcoin, Ethereum, and of course, Solana. So I know Water has a ton to say about Solana because I've learned a bunch from you. But among the investments suggested by the, our cryptocurrencies, Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Solana. Kinasaki tweeted on Monday warning that the world is in trouble. National debt is through the roof. And he then suggested investors to buy gold, silver, Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Solana to prepare for the third world war. So these are another example of, of massive fear. I'm going to kick it off and start it with waters because there's no other way to start this. What are some of your thoughts when you see someone like Robert Kinasaki, who maybe, you know, paid opposition, telling us the truth, knows things that we don't, coming out and announcing these things and creating all this fear? Well, you know, first thing, uh, respect to Robert for for what he's done and, you know, all that jazz. Um, I don't know. I'm not really a big fear mongerer. Like, I think that he is one of those individuals that has a huge platform and a lot of people believe everything he says. And he's been behind specific narratives for quite a while now and pushing this like death of the dollar idea. And I've actually went against this grain last year where I was exposing that I believe we would have a deflationary event for the dollar. And a lot of people were mad at me and they thought I was wrong. But uh, go back and look at the DXY chart then and look at it today and you'll see why I felt that way. Uh, it was spot on. And the reason is because when we're in Shemitah in this seven year cycle in particular, we tend to see that other currencies around the world fail, not the dollar. Mm. So he's lying. <laughs> he's what he could be saying that's a little bit more accurate is that currencies around the world are failing. So one of the safest places to put your money for right now would be the US dollar. And we're seeing the reason why the US dollar is going up so much in correspondence to all the other currencies is because the richest people in those countries are converting their money to either precious metals, Bitcoin, or to US dollars. So, or bonds, US Treasury bonds, of course. So that's why you're seeing bonds also going up substantially as well. So they're hedging against their bad currencies. Um, but regardless, I mean, I think that his quote unquote advice to get Bitcoin, Ethereum and Solana is awesome uh, because, again, he has a huge platform and he's gotten a lot of people into crypto just from sharing these basic, you know, opinions. So respect, you know, it's great that he's sharing those ideas. But um, thinking the dollar is going to go to zero is not my outlook at all. I think that. Oh, I was just going to I was just going to quickly say, I think that we're going to see a digitization or a tokenization of fiat. 
that is without a doubt. But I don't think it's going to happen as soon as some people think. I think ISO 222 in November plays a huge role in it. I yeah. think that we will, in fact, see blockchain technology be implemented slowly to replace the SWIFT system. I do think that XRP, Stellar Lumens, IOTA, etc. will play a huge role in our future economy. But I do not think that the U.S. dollar is going anywhere until 2029. Um, and that's just based on studying Agenda 2030, which was implemented and there's documentation of. It's not my opinion. You could go read about that on DACA websites and the World Economic Forum and, uh, you know, all of these globalist systems like the United Nations, they have exposed their plan. You don't need to think much harder than that. So, I mean, his opinions are cute, but he I don't know where he's substantiating the idea that the dollar is going to collapse. It's just so oh, yeah. interesting that all these billionaires and hedge funds are coming out at the same time promoting Bitcoin and other digital assets as opposed to the dollar. So it makes me wonder about why they're promoting it in this timely manner. But you brought up something great that the death of do the dollar won't come until 2029. We've seen the, the banking cartel move slowly and methodically. And JV always talks about this. 2029 is right around the corner, guys. I remember being in 2019 talking about 2022. And here we are today sitting together with Waters Above on YouTube channel. So there's so much that can change in such a short time frame. Seven years, it's it's really just the blink of an eye. And I don't want to I don't want to downplay how long that is because it may seem like a long time. But before we know it, it will be 2029. And a lot of these assets we're holding now will be 20, 30, 50x what they are today. So this is a lot of the things that I'm watching as we as we make note of the billionaires coming forward and promoting Bitcoin, Ethereum, Solana, Polkadot. AVAX, right. XLM, XRP. It's very interesting. I'll kick it to Johnny Crypto next. Yeah, you see a lot of the billionaires going into to Bitcoin. And if they're really going into it and they're buying it, it makes you wonder if there's something out there that has them concerned. Um, there is this narrative of the dollar going away or getting replaced. I got a question for you, Water. So Ray Dalio, he put a video out there that actually showed the transfer of power of the world reserve currency. Uh, from each nation as it kind of played out its time. And it was on average about 100 years in each country then, you know, passed it on to the next country. And we know why, because the elites have the same game plan of how they they, they raise, they prop and then they kill it. So it seems like the U.S. is at the end, near the end. We're in that final stage, as he calls it, of transferring it to the next currency, which looks like it might be China. So do you but so do you believe that the end of the dollar is around the horizon? Do you believe that it will happen soon? Um, I believe I believe that we're gonna see a one world government stable coin replace every single individual fiat currency that we currently believe is even a currency, but it's really just it's fabricated belief systems that get called whatever nomenclature they want to decide on. So in actuality, we have the Federal Reserve System and pretty much any country that doesn't want to abide by that system, we go to war with and we take over and we dominate them regardless if they have a standing military or not. So the whole purpose behind why precious metals and why dollars matter is because we have always had a system of you know, keeping stability with the military occupation of, of the global order. And the global order has nothing to do with individual countries. It has to do with a one world globalist socialist agenda, which China has already game. They've already practiced and it already worked. So all the things that are going on in China that they've implemented, like a Chinese, like the social score and having all these face facial recognition technology at every turn, uh, when you leave your house, you're basically on a camera. It's like the Truman Show, right? Yeah. So this is what's to come. 
but it won't be that China will be in power. It'll be that what was practiced in China will now start to be implemented everywhere else. And that takes time. And that's part of Agenda 2030. That is part of that that whole protocol. So with that being said, I don't think that like China's going to win. That's another thing that people like Robert Kiyosaki and Ray Dalio and a lot of these like big wigs, they talk about. But what they're disregarding is there's a globalist agenda here yes. where China and Russia and uh, the United States of America and all the other things that seemingly are different. They're actually all working together behind the scenes for an overall agenda. Yeah. And that overall agenda is to create a class system where there's just a 1% and then there's everyone else. Yeah. So if that can be disputed, I would love for people to attempt that. But you're pretty much it's impossible to, to prove otherwise. Look at how things have been going since the implementation of the Federal Reserve System. So uh, to time the market, which I believe some of these people are attempting to do now. I think it's 2029 because we have the next Shemitah is perfectly in line with the 100 year anniversary of the Great Depression. So what was the Great Depression? It was the United States of America. So that's the cycle that I'm particularly looking for to see that massive destabilization in the system. But I think between uh, 2023 and 2027, it's going to be a slow transition rollout where we'll start to see tokenization of the stock market. We'll start to see because, uh, you know, it's very advantageous for them to tokenize something like stocks yep. to get it to be like a fraction of a share. That's super advantageous for these for these elites. So anyways, with that being said, it's not going to be like a switch that gets flipped and overnight all this shit's going to change. It's going to be a slow what I uh, what I got from the great David Icke. He said it's like the totalitarian tiptoe. Yeah, it's like a slow it's slow 0.5 percent change every year until you end up and you look back and you're like, holy shit, I didn't even notice all this thing. All these things were implemented. But those people that were awake, that were enlightened and they weren't getting so caught up in Twitter and the drama, you know, they're actually reading the protocols that are being written by the governments themselves. You're going to have a huge advantage on everyone else. And to take that advantage another step, you want to learn astrology, learn gematria, learn numerology, because then you could actually make decisions for yourself that are based on the cycles of the past. And whether history repeats itself or not, whatever that saying goes, you know, you have the proof, but you also can look forward into the future through these government uh, uh, documents. Yeah, yes, and, there, and there's two massive advantages crypto has over the stock market, right? It's the fractionalization of assets, and it's the fact that it runs 24-7. So we're going to see the stock market adopt, and it's, it's ridiculous that the banking system is closed on the weekends. We had a funny conversation where we're like, it's 2022, and my bank deposits won't go through till Monday. It doesn't make any sense. Tuesday. Tuesday, Tuesday, which I thought was very funny. But well, they're getting point. they're getting better, though. Like, actually, just to quickly say this, like, yeah. I'll I'll tell you a bigger reason. Also, if you just look at like something like Chase Bank, they just implemented uh, real time transactions. So I could send twenty five thousand dollars in one second. Wow. OK, so people wow. think that this system's over. And I keep trying to tell them, guys, like you need to stop getting so dramatic. OK, because the regular banking system is getting better, it's getting faster and it's taking everyone's opinions into consideration. Mm. What people don't know is that every technology that you hold in your hand today has already been invented 50 years ago. Exactly. So you think mm. all this shit is new, but it's just your government handing it to you like a child, you know, 20 years later. They want to make sure that it has a child safety proof lock on it. So when they give you this iPhone, they want to make sure that they're the ones in control, not you. 
Waters, if I could comment real quick, I actually remember seeing a document from 1969 or 68, and it was the exact Oculus technology that it's in Walmart and Target today. They had the exact same stuff 50 years ago, and that wasn't available for retail investors until like 2015. So that's just another example of what you're saying. Yeah, I mean, well, it goes, it's the same thing with investing. If you pay attention to some, like, like look at, um, oh man, there was that one ICP, Internet Computer Protocol. Yes. Yeah. Look at yeah. that bullshit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. You know, the day, it hits, the day it hits exchanges for the retail investor to use, it just drops 99%. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, you know, I, I don't want to get specifically into that, but it just shows you that there's these apex predators that are running the world. They have a system for themselves and they have a system that they let we us play with. And it's like a little playpen. You know, they throw some dog toys in it and they're like, have some fun. You know, but when you become more enlightened to what's going on, you don't get so dramatic and so emotional about it all. You just see how you can play your part in it. Yes. When do you when do you attack? You know, but yeah. that needs to be remembered because people think that all this technology is is slow and archaic. But then you wake up the next day and it's like, oh, Wells Fargo can send a trillion dollars to Chase in one second. And this is the same narrative we were using against traditional banks because of making crypto sound better. But these technologies are already there in the regular financial system. They just weren't allowing us to play with them. And now that we're complaining about it, they're like, okay, I guess we'll let them have it now. You, you see where I'm going? They they did the same thing with the pandemic. They let everyone get mad and poor and frustrated. And they say, oh, you know what? We'll stop civil unrest. Let's give these people a million. Just give them fucking checks. Just print, <laughs> yep. just print money for them. It's Problem bread and reaction solution. Yes, it's bread and circus. Buy you off. It's just bread. Off. It's just bread and circus. It's like you guys are mad. All right, here's some money. Shut up. Yep. And boy, did people shut up quick when they got. Free. Yeah, exactly. Everybody wants exactly. free money. Man. See, they exactly. Out. Talk they is cheap. Yes, absolutely. So this is another tweet I wanted to show you guys. Where Luna, Luna founder Don Quan says that. <laughs> I'm not sure I pronounced that correctly, says that Terra will become the world's largest single Bitcoin holder in the future. And we've seen them accumulate over a billion dollars worth of Bitcoin into their reserves. All, I think it was Tuesday morning. They purchased another $139 million worth of Bitcoin, 2,900 tokens in total. So we'll skip right over that. We'll go to this good article because I think this is very interesting, especially after what Waters just said. Why Biden's hostile tax proposal threatens crypto investors? So crypto investors could tumble if Biden's expected proposal for a minimum of 20% tax on unrealized gains were passed by Congress. So this would only apply to people with a net worth of over $100 million in the United States. But there would be a minimum tax on unrealized capital gains. That mean assets that you have not sold yet from stocks, crypto to real estate. You would need to pay 20% back to the big boys, back to the government. And it's funny because we've seen examples like this in the past where in 1913, they rolled out some similar protocol. And for the first few years, it only affected 3% of Americans. So the real elite top 3%. Within 10 years, that affected 50% of Americans. And they had to go back and, and edit the rules that they had put in place. So I'd like to kick it to Waters first and just, this is clearly FUD, fear, uncertainty, and doubt being put <laughs> yeah. out. Total bullshit. But let's just get some, some of your thoughts. What are you thinking? Well, I suppose most people are going to read the headline and not the whole article. And they're probably gonna quickly assume that everyone will have to pay 20% capital gains on unrealized gains, um, which that just sounds oxymoronic for me to even make that statement. But <laughs> yeah. anyways, um, yeah, they're not gonna see the part where it says people with over a hundred million, either I guess in net worth or assets or whatever it is that they're utilizing to calculate such a thing. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, the only thing that I could say about it is this is actually part of the reason why they want to tokenize the entire system. Because once the entire system is tokenized, then there's no more cash. We have like what's called a so-called cashless society. You're going to see that it's so much easier for them to trace and track everything you do. So that's a huge piece of why they're moving the economy blockchain anyways, is because it's a lot easier for them to keep a ledger of what's happening. And with that being said, I mean, I don't see this protocol being or this new tax proposal even going live probably for another two or three or three years or so. And one one final thing to say for those people that are a little bit more like financially savvy is the rich never sell. Mm. People with hundreds of millions of dollars never sell. What they do is they utilize their uh, whatever it is that they're holding. For instance, let's just call it Bitcoin. And they collateralize the Bitcoin to open up loans against it. And these yeah. loans have extremely low interest rates. And you do not pay taxes on credit or on interest. So they're essentially collateralizing their Bitcoins, which, you know, when you're at like Michael Saylor level, you're talking about thousands of Bitcoin. What's the point of selling? What's yep. the point of what's the point of selling when you can open up a 1% interest loan? Like if you wake up to make a coffee tomorrow, Bitcoin will be up 1%. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you're yeah. paying off the interest on the loan that you don't even have to pay tax on the interest for. And here's what's funny waters, we're seeing the casino shift from fiat over to crypto. Watching Michael Saylor take his Bitcoin, get a $200 million collateralized loan to buy more Bitcoin, it's very telling. Yeah, and that's what everyone else should be doing too. Like, it's regardless if this guy's a shill or not, I really don't care. Like, if people paid attention to what I just said in the last 15 seconds, they could do so much more with their wealth. You know, like, if you learn how to collateralize your holdings, then you don't need to sell. And when you, when you sell, if you make a bad decision, you could fuck up your whole portfolio forever, you know? Right. So unless you have a cash flow business and an actual product or, or something that's generating you income... You kind of want to treat your portfolio as like it's your nest. It's your replacement for the horrible like scam of what a retirement is anyways. Like 401ks and all these retirement plans, they're scams. It's basically allowing the government to pay you back like a uh, like a child. Like here's your lunch money. Yeah. But when you're set when you're 60, 70 years old, you you're better off actually learning how to collateralize your portfolio. This way you could be lent money to use and then at the same time you don't need to pay the capital gains taxes on it. Yeah. yeah. I, I we, think, oh, sorry. Go ahead, Mark. No, I was just going to say, and this is a pattern that we see happening constantly. Like we, we see these billionaires, millionaires just constantly leveraging their money um, to, you know, to make them more money. So like what I just said, you know, you'd be, you'd be dumb to not do the same. I feel like I need to um, add this type of knowledge to my uh, mastermind course because I keep talking about it. And so many people are like, what did you just say? So I feel like that'll be very, very, very helpful for people. So I'm definitely keeping that in mind. Like if you guys and your listeners think that that's something that the world needs to learn more about, like just the yeah. tactic yeah. behind collateralizing your crypto for the long haul, like this long term mindset sort of individual, like which is what I am. Um, and I know Coach JV is. So I think this would be advantageous for people for sure. A hundred percent. Johnny, do you have any closing comments before we keep going? Yeah, I think that this is the uh, basically your typical slippery slope. If this thing passes, which it better not. I mean, this is just the, the elites are so smart that they plan this stuff, right? They know that at first, oh, it's only going to be 100 million or higher. 
And then next thing you know, if next year they'll change it again and they'll change it again. And the next thing you know, the poor guy making 50 grand a year is, is this is, you know, getting paying taxes on something he hasn't even sold yet. That's a bunch of freaking horseshit. But this is the problem when you have the elites in control and, you know, the, the fox guarding the hen house. This is the problem now. So very slippery slope. Let's hope this doesn't go through. And I love what you said there, Johnny. Like once they once we give them an inch, they'll take a mile. And there's no going back. We've never seen someone get power and willingly give it back, especially a politician in a quote unquote democracy. So we'll continue with our next article. That was some amazing comments there. I'm actually gonna skip this one and come back to it because I'd like to get some comments on Zillica. We've had a lot of questions in the live chat about Zillica and what you've been you've been documenting, Waters. So I'd like to get some thoughts on how the market's reacting to some of these smaller altcoins having massive price appreciation. Could this be an indicator for a possible alt season? Yeah, well, like I said a little bit earlier in the chat, like I do think that it's a signal, like it, it's absolutely one of them. And we could see it's coupled with Bitcoin kind of being sideways and, and a little bit stalled out. So we've seen since Bitcoin's broken out of that, that resistance level around 44,000. Once it did that, it kind of stalled out at like this 47, 48K. It's sort of like the short term ceiling. And that's a very technical level. Um, and with that being said, when it does stall out, you're going to see that liquidity kind of want to go somewhere. It's like, where do we go next? But Zillica and specifically Zillica is probably one of the first coins that I ever spoke about on my channel going back to like a year ago. It was one of those projects that I was super bullish on. I bought Zillica luckily when it was like a penny and I ended up selling it around 22, 24 cents back almost a year ago now. So getting that capital and then reinvesting it recently too, you know, like anyone who's been following in my discord, the um, signals, I believe like the last what I'm buying selling, well, it's not signals, but the last time that I invested in this project, I believe it's up like 250% right now. So a lot of people were wondering, like, why are you investing in this particular project? Like, not no one's talking about it. No one really cares about it. And I keep trying to tell people like, I like when something's boring. I don't wait till something becomes sexy to invest in it. I let the YouTubers and the, the social media and all the rest of the world catch up. But I want to be early. Like, I'm really interested in stuff when it's boring, when everyone hates it, when everyone's making fun of it. Like, if you're making invest investments in venture capital and people are laughing at you, it's probably a great investment. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's funny like you say that, short. Waters, because, yeah. And I, it's funny because I tweeted that exactly this morning that how Zillica is a perfect example of what it looks like when um, you invest in a crypto that's boring and that nobody wants to invest essentially. And actually, I just want to give you a quick shout out. You you brought Zillica to my attention. So I invested in Zillica. I, I'm exposed to Zillica uh, thanks to you bringing it to uh, to my attention. Oh, that's beautiful. Man. I mean, you know, one of the real reasons I got into Zillica over a year ago was because of the staking rewards that were capable on uh, Atomic Wallet. I believe at the time I was earning like 16 to 17%. It's probably dropped down a little bit to like 13, 14%. But then also we were able to earn GZIL. So that was taught in my mastermind course. Like you could go back to my mastermind course like over a year ago and you could see me talking about Zillica, the staking protocol, why you want to get GZIL and all of that, you know, all of that information. So again, I was bullish on it because I had my own investment thesis. I did my own Gamatria decodes. I made up my mind. I was willing to persevere through all the time of people saying it's boring. It's not going to do anything. It's no one cares. Again, that just further solidifies my overall outlook. And I believe the XRP community is also struggling with this. Like a lot of the people out there that are against XRP are like they hate on it because it's yet to show off its prices. Yeah. But 
if we go back to when I first launched my channel and we were getting that $1.30, $1.40 XRP, I was very adamant about selling it around that range because of the technical analysis. So this is where learning the charts will help an individual not get so caught up in what the YouTubers are saying. Because back then there was a lot of this YouTube stuff talking about like, oh, you know, XRP army, we're going to a hundred bucks, we're going to 20 bucks. We're... And I'm telling people like, you know, that's all fine and dandy. Like you could do your best to believe that. But when you believe something, you kind of drown with that belief if it goes against you. But what we could do is be more sophisticated and see that there's some technical indicators that are telling me this thing can't just keep going up in a straight line right now. It needs to kind of move up in synchronicity with the rest of the market. And we've seen that XRP typically always does well during an alt season. So yeah. when is XRP's time to shine? It's probably this coming April. But we can't just keep pushing narratives that it's going to do these extreme price uh, appreciations until we get there. It's much better to be like sophisticated, look at things one step at a time. If if XRP can break $3.30, then you could start popping your champagne bottles and, and you know, have fun. But until, yeah, until then, like relax, you know? Yeah. And I agree, Waters. What, something that you said there is like within the XRP community, everyone's waiting for the flip of the switch event. And so every single time we get even some moderate price action, their Twitter and all these social media platforms start going wild. But I'd like to give you a shout out because I've learned so much from your content. I want to give people a chance. Check out the Waters Above Crypto channel on YouTube where he does deep analysis on Gematria and how it applies to the markets. I know this group, me, Johnny, and Mario are constantly talking and sharing his content, not only behind the scenes, but we're bringing it to you guys. So I just want to say thank you, Waters. And this is a perfect segue into our next segment, which will be XRP. So we'll hop right into this. I've got a Gary Gensler clip to show you guys. Now, this is a little bit old. I think it's from 2016. When he's teaching at MIT and he's addressing cryptocurrencies, my audio is usually terrible, but this is only a five-second clip, so I'll do my best here. I'll let this thing play. Here we go. So he says, a currency called Ripple identifies Ripple XRP as a currency. I know it's not groundbreaking stuff here, guys, but it is very interesting to see our sitting SEC official calling Ripple a currency, even though it's five, 10 years ago at this point, it's just, it, I, I couldn't not bring this to you. So I'd like to get some comments from Waters on this hypocrisy. <laughs> it's just funny too, because the last video I released, I made that guy my thumbnail. Like I put that guy's, that guy looks scary, bro. He looks like, yeah. uh, he looks like Dracula or something. You know who he looks but, like is the Simpsons character, the, the guy who owns a nuclear power plant. That's yeah, I am. Yes. Mr. Burns, bro. Mr. Burns. Mr. Burns. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, shout out to Gary Gensler, that guy, that guy, <laughs> I can't even believe I'm saying this. The last interview that I saw of Gary Gensler, there was a woman sitting behind him looking so nervous in a chair. It was like the most awkward thing I've ever watched. Like, and you know, a lot of people before this guy got his position in the uh, securities and exchange commission, they were believing that him being implemented into the United States government was a good thing. And I was like, are you kidding me? This guy's working for the fucking SEC. That's the most controlling entity of investors. <laughs> like, why would you ever have any positive feelings about an individual who his job is to control how the market operates? Like, remember during what happened with uh, Wall Street bets? Yep. They just mm -hmm. fucking pulled the plug. They could do whatever they want, man. Like, so right. I don't have any like whatever. That's a different conversation. But. The long and short of it is him slipping up like that, that little like that little slip of calling Freudian, Ripple a currency. What do they call it? A Freudian slip? Yeah, Freudian slip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so him doing that, I think, is beautiful. But again, like just like we were talking about with Zillica, like 
we're looking at an 80 cent, 85 cent XRP. Like everyone who's holding XRP kind of looks like a loser until you're not. Right. Mm -hmm. So like when I was buying XRP at 17 cents, I was like, oh, my God, I was so happy about like getting that crazy cheap XRP. And watching it appreciate and, and learning its swings, like learning the way that particular coin behaves, it's allowed like this huge accumulation cycle. And we're still within that accumulation cycle. So what I do have an issue with, though, is these extreme price uh, opportunities and how stable they will be. Because a lot of people think that XRP could grow and then it'll like stabilize at some crazy high level. And I have a really hard time believing that if it's going to be implemented in the financial system as a huge part of the standard financial system. Because the standard financial system would make more sense for it to be like a stable coin, like fixed at a dollar rather than it being like $20. So it just really depends on how they're going to implement that particular technology when that time comes. But again, I don't think it's going to be solely XRP. It's going to be one of the tentacles of the octopus, right? It's going to be one of many parts of it. And even Bitcoin and Ethereum are brought up in that conversation in ISO 222 paperwork. So it's pretty interesting. You know, these elites, I believe they're going to be using something like Bitcoin from now all the way until infinity as like a store of wealth. And yep. then the the XRP thing is a very independent aspect of it all. And that's what I'm so excited about. Like I look at XRP as like it's that opportunity to get in like Amazon or something before Amazon had that huge, you know, when Amazon became accepted as something like big, you know, right yeah. now it's not in the, its acceptance stage. It's very much like a YouTube and social media phenomenon. But outside of that, that uh, that's all it is. I'd like to shift gears and just have more of a little fun conversation here. I remember last April when we broke out, we went from like, I think, 47 cents to $1.90 in 17 days. And then we experienced, I want to say like nine months. We're still we still haven't broke past that $1.90 point. So we're still in some way, shape or form consolidating here. So I'm wondering when you see a breakout in the future, you talk about us not being able to sustain that value. And I totally agree. We actually had a conversation during our AMA yesterday where one of our warriors asked us, why would I be trying to manage the market as opposed to just holding for the next five years? And what I tried to explain is that if you have even 5% or 10% of your bag allocated for profit taking at maybe, and maybe an extremely high price target, like a $10 XRP, we can anticipate that a long-term consolidation is going to follow. So just because you're taking profit doesn't mean you're moving out of a project. You can use that same capital to accumulate additional XRP and increase your bag. Now, I understand it's more risk, but I'd like to hear some of your thoughts on approaching the market that way. Yeah, well, that's exactly like I just came out with my exit strategy blueprint, and that's a huge part of it. It was kind of describing with technical analysis, with Gamatria and a, a couple of the other more esoteric things that I utilize. Like, how do we act on a coin when it does have that liquidity shift into it? Like, what do we do to take action? And I believe last year around April, I again, people could go watch my YouTube videos from back then. You could hear the way I was talking about it. You can see the comment section of people getting mad at me saying, like, I don't think it's going to break all time high just yet, you know, but again, it was very strategic and to take action on it at that time, it wasn't like I sold all of my XRP. I just sold what was necessary to facilitate whatever I needed for the remaining year. So people need to develop an exit strategy that's based on your cash flow situation. That's based on your savings, based on how much your cost of living is. 
And that's how my exit strategy actually starts off. It's basically saying to yourself, like, what do you need to get through the next year? Are you an individual that currently works? Do you want to become a business owner? Like, what are you trying to do? So people that are just standard investors, they barely have answers to those questions. So when they're holding a coin that they don't really know too much about and all they're doing is following YouTube, well, it's really difficult for them to be able to make decisions that are based in financial security. So I think that if people just started looking at things more based on financial security, they're going to be able to make some moves that are really beneficial for their particular experience. So whenever we get whatever price appreci appreciation we get in a specific coin, it doesn't matter how high it goes. It doesn't matter what, what it does. It matters what you do about it at that level. And for the individual that says they're going to wait five years to see whatever comes to the market then that individual might be a particular person who has a business that's successful or has a lot of money in their savings account. But not everyone's like that. I know many, many people that they barely have any money. They're throwing like a hundred bucks in the market and they're hoping for a hundred X, you know? Yep. So it's like, we need to remember like everyone's in a different place. So what we could do to be mature is you need to ask yourself, where are you at with this investment thesis? And when you could answer those questions, then you're going to be able to like navigate yourself through this market with a lot more certainty, a lot more confidence. Totally. I'd like to give Johnny Crypto a chance to ask a question before we close it out here. <clears throat> no, no, I think at the end of the day, it's just it's hilarious to uh, hear the guy who's suing Ripple for not being a currency call it a currency. It's, it's just a hypocrisy. It's completely off the charts at the end of the day. It's just really, it's, it's, it's just amazing. But um, I think at the end of the day, um, you know, when we look at it, we're, we're in a transformational world. We are moving into a digital. Yes. Happy that this is helping everybody. We're in it. We're in it, you know, moving into this new world of controlled money. Right. And at the end of the day, the question is, how do you put yourself in a position so that you can take advantage of this? So as we move into the new world, you're going to have an opportunity to maybe create that generational wealth. Don't let the opportunity yeah. slip behind you. You want to get in on these rails, and we're in so early right now. As Warder said, we don't know exactly, you know, what's going to be the ultimate, you know, will XRP be the rails? No, it'll probably be, you know, a bunch of coins coexisting together to form the new system. But who cares? If you got into Amazon when it was 20, you give a shit right now, <laughs> right now, it's <laughs> at 3,000, right? This is an opportunity of a lifetime, as Coach always says, that we really have here. And I think uh, as it's exciting to know that for once in our lives, we have this same opportunity. So take all the pieces, like Belichick says, put your team in the best position to win. Use astrology, use numerology, use all these tools around you that the elites are using and put yourself in the best position to win. That's what we're trying to do here. at DK. And be patient and be patient. Yes. Patience. Johnny, I love how you throw Bill Belichick quote in there. That was awesome. But <laughs> I, I want to say that. thank you, Waters Above. Thank you, Waters. We, I mean, we can't say it enough. We really love you and we love your content and your community is so similar to ours. That It's just an honor to have you on our podcast and be able to interact like this and have these authentic conversations. So I do want to say thank you. And guys, his his crypto, his YouTube is Waters Above Crypto and that's linked below. So please go and check it out. Me, Johnny, and Mario all watch that content and we know plenty of people very like-minded to us who are thinking the same way Waters so I'd like to say thank you again. Thank you, Waters. It's been a pleasure, and I really hope that we can have you on again soon because these conversations are so valuable, and I think our listeners really enjoy them. So, guys, if you're liking this content, please smash that like button, and we'll close this thing out the same way we always do. Warriors, rise! rise. Get your shit together, baby. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you, Waters. Let's go. Much love, guys.
monkey picture, Mario. There it is. <laughs> Which Harry one are you? 